0: Bullshit. Let's pretend for a moment we've entered a parallel universe. Free of bullshit and full of bold solutions. That's what no bullshit marketing is all about, and I'm your host, Dave Mastovich. This is part two of our two-month anniversary of the No Bullshit Marketing Show. We're walking through the highlights of each of the different segments of the show, and right now we're on the tool or tip where we ask our guests to pick a tool or tip they'd offer that would help our audience tell their story, craft their message, or communicate to internal and external target audiences. It could be a tool like Google Trends to generate content ideas, or a tip on how people listening could approach their career. Let's start off with a tool, and that example comes from Dave Nelson, President and CEO of Dialog Consulting.
1: We are in a world where employees now write about their employers. That site is called Glassdoor.com. And my son just recently got a new job, but it really stretched out because there was not great stuff on uh, Glassdoor about the president of the company and, you know, eventually got a big increase in salary. So he took the, you know, chance anyway. But hey, you don't want issues in your corporate culture to cause you to have to pay a big uh, premium in salary. So uh, we're in this, as I say, world of mouth. And so Yammer chat or slack those are great things here's a thought before you go there the first thing to do if you're just starting to look at it is do a competitive analysis take a look at your competitors what tools are they using where are they succeeding where are they failing and one of the coolest tools out there for analyzing the competition is called S-E-M Rush. normally that stands for search engine marketing rush semrush and what semrush.com shows you is the inbound search traffic both paid and free organic for the last five years for every website in the world, every company in the world. So you can go look up your competitors and see you know, who's winning and who's losing from a digital search marketing perspective. And then once you see who's winning, the ones that are growing their search traffic, the graph is going up and to the right, then it shows you all of the keywords that they're using and the percentage traffic that they're getting from each of those inbound keywords, the landing page they've built for each keyword, and the Google search volume on that particular term. This is like walking into your competitor's marketing department and stealing their plan. And every website in the world is measured by this thing called SEMrush.com. And most of that is free, although if you need the premium version, you'll step up to $69 a month. still a heck of a deal. And so I'm a big fan of... Hey, let's see who's out there cracking the code. Who's already invented the next wheel? I want to be a fast follower. And if my competitors aren't succeeding, it's going to just give me more motivation. I'm going to race forward on these new tools and these new techniques and get more than my fair share of the half of the internet traffic that's going to start tomorrow with a search.
0: Our highlight tip comes from the guest of the inaugural show which was symbolically Hall of Fame sports writer Mike Mastovich of the Johnston Tribune Democrat, who also happens to be my brother.
2: It relates to journalism, but I think it, it crosses over in so many ways. Uh, the first one is a simple thing. I, I, and I actually, I was taught this by my journalism professor. I read it in Dan Rather's book, but it was, uh, you got to get the story, get it first, and get it right. Don't sensationalize. Don't try to make the story better than it is. Just Tell the truth, get the story. That's the main thing. And then another thing I learned early in my uh, journalism at the Tribune Democrat was you've got to be yourself. You don't want to try to be somebody else. Um, uh, We had a great columnist here, and uh, that it was here for like 20 years. And if you try to be him, you're not going to be good. You got to be yourself. You do what your niche is. Uh, When I first covered Pitt that first year in '87. I was so intimidated by the Post-Gazette and at that time Pittsburgh Press guys, Jerry Dulac, uh, Steve Helvonic, Chuck Finder. Yeah, I'm trying to be like them. I'm trying to write what they're writing. And then I'm thinking, wait, this isn't working for me. Just do what you can do. So you got to do it. Get that story. Get it Get it first. Get it right. And then you got to be yourself while you're doing it. Each
0: episode of No Bullshit Marketing also has some pop culture segments tied to the messaging that becomes famous or infamous throughout the land. One of those segments is hit the bullseye. When I asked our guest to choose between two marketing or messaging classics, they have to tell me which one they like more, and they only have a few seconds to choose. Then we come back, and they defend their decisions. For this segment, we'll hear from Justin Masterangelo, the CEO of JA Interactive. Now it's time for you to keep calm and hit the bullseye. I'll ask you to choose between two marketing or messaging classics. You tell me which one you like more, but you only have a second or so to choose and hit the bullseye. Ready? I'm ready. Budweiser's Frogs or the Aflac Duck? The Aflac Duck. Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Nirvana. Got Milk or Can You Hear Me Now? Got Milk. Mark Cuban or Mark Zuckerberg?
3: Mark Zuckerberg. Finger-licking good or think outside the bun? Think outside the bun. Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? (laughs) Wow, that hurts. Uh, Peyton Manning. Scandal or House of Cards? I don't know those two. I guess House of Cards. All right. Progressive's Flow or Jake from State Farm? Jake, uh, progressive flow. Ooh, yeah. He's stammered, went back. I was thinking, yeah, uh, progressive flow, yeah. And last, from a marketing campaign standpoint, email or texting? Well, I'm gonna have to say texting there. I would sound, yeah. <laughs> That's,
0: those are good. Let's go back, all right. and you get your chance to kind of give us your reason behind. And they're all messaging related because right. even when we go to the sports guys, they're messaging related. So,
3: uh, Budweiser's frogs or the Affleck duck? You chose the Affleck duck. I mean, that just made the whole company. I don't think anybody would know who Aflac is without the duck. And we all would have known Budweiser with or
0: without the frogs. It's good insight. Two bands from the 90s that were strong from a messaging standpoint, but different ways, Nirvana or
3: Pearl Jam, and you chose Nirvana. When Nirvana started the movement, and I'd say Pearl Jam you know, came in, they were second, and they've lasted longer, obviously, but Nirvana was the, was the start. Two classics: Got Milk or Can You Hear Me Now? And you chose Got Milk. I think the ultimate uh, compliment for a, a brand message is when everybody else starts to use it. And think of how many Got this, Got that. I mean, it, you know, it's just like Just Do It. So, yeah. Got Milk is timeless for that. Cuban or Zuckerberg? You went with Zuckerberg. I find Cuban to be kind of that obnoxious entrepreneur. It kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, I don't know that I'm a huge Mark Zuckerberg fan. Although Facebook is pretty awesome, uh, so Mark Zuckerberg. You chose Taco Bell over Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> I don't know why I picked that one actually. I think I just haven't had Taco Bell in a while, so that uh just say a note there.
0: <laughs> we that's one of the things we're gonna start doing for the guests. Whatever they pick, we'll have that delivered immediately. Oh, that's a great idea. Can I come back for that? <laughs> yeah. So two quarterbacks, both amazing on the field but amazing in messaging. Think of Peyton Manning hosting Saturday Night Live, all the campaigns around him. The Tom Brady campaign's not as in your face as much as the Peyton Man, uh, Peyton Manning ads, but Tom Brady's also done some campaigns that drew a lot of interest, and you chose Peyton. It feels like, well, I don't really like either one of them because I'm a Pittsburgh
3: Steelers fan. Um, it feels like Peyton Manning is the better brand brander. He's the better person to have working for you. Uh, Tom Brady may be more the pretty face. Peyton Manning he is pretty
0: likable in commercials, as much as I don't like him. Well, two, two shows, one, a broadcast show, Scandal, and the other, House of Cards, a Netflix production. You didn't know either of those, but that's okay because we talk about how in marketing, you and I both already said you've got to drill down and reach the target. Right. And so maybe you weren't fitting nicely
3: and neatly into one of their target market boxes. Well, right. I have children, so too much of my Netflix is like Dora and things like that. But I know what House of Cards is. I think what Netflix is doing is awesome. Uh, I should have bought the stock a couple of years ago, uh, so that's why I picked that one.
0: Our last segment is always the sights and sounds of marketing, and this is when I take a song and repurpose the lyrics so they apply to leadership, communications, marketing, or messaging. So I just take a song that made an impact on me or that I thought of some of the ties to marketing, messaging, or communication, or management over the years when I heard it, and then go through that song to start the sights and sounds. But whatever year that song is from then becomes the year we focus on and we pull out key messaging from that year. It could be a phrase from the top movie, a key ad campaign, a milestone news event when messaging played a big role. That's what the Sights and Sounds of Marketing are all about and for our two month anniversary, the highlight show is from John Poutier. So the Sights and Sounds of Marketing 2001 the Middle by Jimmy E. World, uh, basically, you know how it goes. You think things are okay at work, but you're not sure. And John and I have talked a lot about that today, about people feel uncomfortable, feel like they can't be themselves, maybe because the inner circle seems wary of you, or you just don't seem to fit in with the culture. No matter what you do, it isn't quite right or good enough. The first lyric is, hey, don't write yourself off yet. It's only in your head you feel left out or looked down on. You begin to doubt yourself and dwell on each decision, trying to make the perfect choice. And you wonder what they are going to think or say about you. The song says, just try your best, try everything you can, and don't you worry what they tell themselves when you're away. They are in every organization, and John touched on that earlier. It doesn't have to always be the Fortune 100, Fortune 500. Every organization has People that have the common traits of focusing on negatives of the peers and subordinates around them, the pack mentality, which is the one that I despise the most, the pack mentality of attacking someone when they're vulnerable. And they also tend to take self-preservation to ridiculous levels. Hey, you know they're all the same. You know you're doing better on your own, so don't buy in. Fight through the nonsense with a back-to-basics approach. Focus on your strengths and follow your instincts to make decisions. Regain your confidence and spend more time living up to your expectations as opposed to worrying about pleasing them. The song says live right now. Yeah, just be yourself. It doesn't matter if it's good enough for someone else. Offer creative solutions while they focus on finding problems. Their pettiness will show through. Others will realize what they and you are all about. Just do your best, do everything you can, and don't you worry what the bitter hearts are going to say. Lastly, remember your skills, expertise, and past successes landed you your current position. Show character by being confident, honest, and patient. The song closes with, it just takes some time. You're in the middle of the ride. Everything, everything will be just fine. Everything, everything will be all right. John, your thoughts on the theme of the song, The Middle. How can our listeners learn from it to maximize their productivity and achieve personal growth?
4: Well, I think we've covered that in, in a great deal already with the abilities, the interests, the market. Always be looking at yourself. You're not necessarily un, untethered, and, and you could say the world be damned. I mean, that's one thing you learn as you get older. I mean, when I was younger and I was in the corporate world, I hated the politics, I hated the bureaucracy, I hated policies, I even hated the dress code. And And you're not going to change the world overnight by yourself uh so even though you should be true to yourself and tap your natural weirdness as we call it in in the weirdos in the workplace uh but you should also understand that you can't get there without others and and so play the game if you will i hate to use those terms but it really is i mean that is politics playing the game and but do it with your own values in place and your own ethics in place and if you have to compromise those you're in the wrong place that's right if you if you can't do that with your own
0: values, that really would just be bullshit. Oh, right. It's the no bullshit really, show. Full here. circle. So, <laughs> so, this is, let's have some fun with this next part. The other sights and sounds of the year 2001 include, and we can take each of these and talk about each one as it happens here. So, the iPod is introduced, changing how we listen to and buy music. Your thoughts on the iPod?
4: And how it changed things. Well, I had a Walkman, come on. <laughs> it fit on my belt. <laughs> uh-huh. Kinda. But no, I, I think the the iPod is is a great innovation. I mean you can use it for so many things. And it really is just a glorified Walkman. It just got a lot smaller. So it's uh it's convenient, it's cheap, it's good. I mean that's really been the, the hallmark of Apple except for the cheap part. The two things that changed the industry
0: from the iPod were two things. One was it enabled us to make our own playlists
4: easily instead mm-hmm. of having to do it through a and now you got Pandora, and yes. you got all those other. Cool ways to do that.
0: And the second thing that was the brilliant marketing aspect was making songs ninety nine cents when it first came out. Mm -hmm. How can you say no to getting your favorite songs for ninety nine cents? Think about it.
4: You used to buy a a CD that had fifteen or sixteen songs, so they're still getting fifteen bucks for a CD. Yeah, and they're all they're selling you is electrons. But the people were looked at it differently because they thought I'll just buy the three or four
0: hits. And it's my playlist. Mm-hmm. And as a person that loves music, it kind of hurt the industry because people don't listen to albums very much right. as they did prior to they the really iPod. Don't. That's right. And it they changes. They create their how own music. album.
4: Yeah, it's called a playlist. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But you lose out on some of that. But that's a whole other conversation over drinks. <laughs> so
4: Wikipedia goes online and becomes the world's most popular encyclopedia. I think it's great. I just think you have to be careful because it's not gospel. I mean, the Encyclopedia Britannica was really true research. I mean, it, it, there was no bullshit in it. There's some bullshit in Wikipedia, so you got to know how to cut the bullshit from the fact. But I think it's really neat. I I'd call on it a lot, and I've I found it to be really pretty darn on. So now we're talking
0: about 2001. That's the year of the sights and sounds of marketing. And one of the big, big message points from 2001 is the book Get Weird is published focusing on how we can lighten up, have some fun, and make our companies great places to work. And I don't know, Michelle, who's the author of that book? She's writing a sign for me, John Poutier. So we've talked a lot about Get Weird, but that's the year it came out? It's exciting?
4: Yes, yes, it seems like, it doesn't seem like yesterday, not really. That was a long process. I've written one book every five years is what the cycle's been, Uh and my fourth book, third book uh i hit a wall it was right when i was changing careers here and i found somebody to finish it for me and co-author it with me dave baker and so we got it done together and that but uh it's called the everything hr kit it's a hr department in a in a book in a cd but uh uh, yeah it's it's been a a good good ride and that book has sold and still getting royalty checks 14 years later the the grind of writing a book when i wrote get where
0: you want to go it is such a lonely task because you're writing a book and people don't really understand and if you ask for their opinion and you give them some to read they're it's going to be hard to be brutally
4: honest and if they are brutally honest you're so insecure about it Mm -hmm. just a really difficult task it is it is and it doesn't write it i mean you have to have the moment when you're getting the, the ideas and you got to write them down in the moment. The book won't write itself. Nope. And <clears throat> but when you're on a, in a zone sometimes when you're writing, and it just goes and goes and goes. And you've got to know when that time is for you. It's different for everybody.
0: You talked about three in the morning. Mine was I would go and drop my sons off, two of my sons off at basketball instruction, individual instruction in Sewickley. And so the Sewickley Starbucks is where I finished my book because I had like five weeks in a row where I dropped them off for two hours and I'd go into that Starbucks and pound out. I don't know why, yeah, but it just worked. Yeah, it worked. Yeah. Uh, the the last one, Enron becomes known for the greatest company scandal in the history of our economy.
4: Yes, and uh, it's now become dwarfed. That was just the the beginning. And uh, it's it's sad that we are now too big to fail. I mean, that's one that just drives me crazy that how did we allow this to happen that you can cheat your way to the top and then hold the world hostage uh it, it's just it's just unfathomable to me but uh, yeah Enron was 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 a big deal but in in retrospect compared to what we have now it was it was nothing for that 2001
0: 2002 2003 the word Enron was almost like Pepsi mm. we just talked about it so much but when I was going through to pick what to use, I was like, that's kind of funny because we don't say it much anymore because as you said, it was the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thanks for joining us for no bullshit marketing. Visit bold for show notes plus additional marketing and messaging resources. Sign up for light reading. You'll receive valuable strategies every other week to improve your marketing and transform your message. It really is light, intended to be read in two minutes or less, and it just might trigger bright ideas for you. To sign up, go to massolutions.biz. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.